this is a prepaid call from Joe. Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. And I'm your co-host, Anais Lucia. And today we are going to discuss shower security in prison. So shower security is something I that's new to me, that term. So, you know, I guess let's start off with describing <laughs> what exactly that is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm sure that's something that most people in the free world are not familiar with. It's not necessary out there. Mm. Um, but before I get started and give you the description of what that means, I, I want to lay the foundation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most people in here, the, the word is starting to spread around about my podcast and all of that kind of stuff and what we're doing. And, you know, I'm having a lot of guys come up to me and tell me stories about, you know, what they've experienced or what somebody that they know has experienced. And they want these stories told, but, you know, they don't want to get on here themselves. So mm-hmm. this story came to me uh, through another guy here, and uh, I checked it out and whatnot, you know, just to make sure it's true because I'm not doing anything that's not true, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. Uh, the foundation of the story, it comes from uh, a guy that was transferred here for medical reasons. And you're going to see as the story goes on why it's important to uh, share this story. So shower security is basically uh, <clears throat> something that's used uh, by gang members in here to protect themselves as they go back and forth to the shower. You know, of course, this environment is, is uh, very violent. Uh, mainly because of the gang members, let's keep, we're going to keep it 100. Um, but as they go to the shower, they're escorted by, you know, usually a, a lower-ranking gang member. And these individuals that are used to, you know, be the escorts, they're usually, like I said, lower mm. gang members that have fallen out of favor with the higher-ups and stuff like that, right? So... Um, Anyway, once they escort, that while they're walking to the shower, it's kind of like a, a scene out of a movie when you have somebody that's um, very important being escorted by people. They've got people all around them or whatever, mm-hmm. but not all the time. You might have one person. This depends on the rank of the person that is going to the shower. You might have one person or up to four people escorting. But you walk into the shower, and while they're walking to the shower, they really expect everybody else in the building to get out of the way. You know, they don't want anybody walking in their way. And if you do happen to walk across there and get in their way, uh, they'll tax you. And basically what that means is they'll charge you money for getting in the way. You know, they'll say, you see us coming through. You know what I'm saying? You owe us $50 or $25. And they expect you to pay that. And if you don't pay that, you're going to get, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So most people, they just pay it and keep it moving. So <clears throat> once they get to the shower, they get in the, the, the person that they're escorting gets in the shower, <clears throat> and while they're in the shower, the people that escorted that person to the shower, they have to stand outside the shower to make sure that that person is protected and safe. And when they finish, the person inside the shower finishes taking the shower, uh, he comes out, they escort him back to the cell. And that's basically what it is, right? Mm. But <clears throat> this story that came to me, it came to me by way of, like I said, another person in here, and the guy that told him the story, he is somebody that broke shower security. And what that means is when he was one of the guys that was chosen to escort another member to the shower, but he had been put on this detail because he had fallen out of favor with some of the higher-ranking members of the organization. 
So they were trying to punish him and be hard on him. They really wanted to do something to him, but they had to create the scenario to so that they would be able to do it. And they knew that he was the type of person that would feel like he's bigger than that. You know, his uh, shower security is beneath him, you know, as far as the way they saw him. So they were right, and he escorted the brother to the shower. But what he did while the brother was in the shower, he left. He left the door and left him unprotected, mm. right? And they had other brothers, like, standing around watching, just waiting on him to mess up. Mm. And he did it. Yeah, so they put him in violation. And I've used that term before in some of the other episodes. And basically what that means is that they wrote him up, wrote him up, you know, said he broke a rule. So they had a hearing, and they decided to beat him. That was the punishment. Give him six minutes, no cover-up. I mean, he had to go in the room and fight with six other brothers for six minutes, and he couldn't cover up. If he covered up, the clock started over. So he did that. Well, what happened in the process is he got his head split, you know? He had 60 staples in his head now. Oh, my God. 60 staples from the beef. You know, these are his brothers now. They say they love him, you know? And one of the reasons that I wanted to do this episode is I wanted people to understand that uh, you need to take a moment and consider, if you're thinking about joining a gang, that some of the things that you do within an organization are not all peaches and creams. It's not all about sitting around, sharing meals, uh, doing all the things that make people feel good and make people feel like they're part of a family. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that you do within an organization gang, whatever you want to call it, they are violent. And sometimes that violence is directed towards you. And in this situation, the violence was directed towards him. And my understanding is that he had been a member at this time for over 10 years. So knowing the ins and outs of organizations like I do, mm-hmm. because I've been there, done that, I'm saying after 10 years, he must have pissed somebody off really bad for them to drop him to a, a position of escorting members back and forth to the shower. And I was right. You know, mm-hmm. he pissed them off. Uh, they didn't get into the details of what he did to piss them off. Mm-hmm. But when I was talking to them, I was like, man, I wish that uh, people could hear and understand that when you do stuff like this, when you decide to join a game, if you take five minutes or, or, or 10 minutes and think about, you know, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to join a game, what are some of the things that they're not telling me? And this is why, you know, I think this show is important. Shower details, shower security is something that is common mm. for organizations to do to protect their members because the most vulnerable places that a person in prison uh, 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 experiences are the shower, mm-hmm. the restroom, and when you're in the bed sleep. Uh. Those are the three times that you are at your most vulnerable points. And escorting somebody to the shower is one of those situations where you're subject to be involved in an altercation at any time, any minute. And you got to keep in mind that not all the time are the other members of the organization going to be able to come to your aid. So you have to be ready, whether you're that one person that's doing the escorting or the fourth person in that detail that's doing the escorting. And that's what I wanted to share with people about 
you know, uh, shower security in here and, and, and to wake people up to what it is and, and why they do it and why I think that it's something that uh, should be addressed as far as, you know, it shouldn't be uh, a situation where you, you are afraid to go to the shower. You have to have protection mm-hmm. for somebody to escort you to the shower. But that's what you have to go through in prison, especially if you're in a gang. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. And you said that you you never did that, right? No, I, I never did. But, oh. but see, you got to keep in mind, <laughs> you know, you got to keep in mind that I was always in charge for the most part. Oh. And I would tell them, I would refuse. Look, you don't need to do that. You know, and I never wore my boots. Like a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, go to the shower here, they have to wear their boots or tennis shoes or whatever. Hmm. I've never done that. Not from day one. I've never done that. Because I just, I've always felt like I could handle myself. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything like that mm-hmm. at all. And I know that, you know, there's somebody out there that can knock me out just as easily as I could knock them out. But that's just something that I never did. Because uh, I always try to be respectful. I always do that. I try to be respectful to everybody, mm-hmm. no matter what organization they belong to or not belong to. Uh, no matter what the race is or anything like that. I'm just not, I don't go around disrespecting people in here. I try to be nice to everybody. Uh, if I can help a person out, I, I'll do that. So I never saw that I might be in danger and would need help going back and forth to the shower. I never thought that anybody would want to jump me like that. Now, I have had situations where my life has been in danger. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, if I'm going to be 100% honest, and that's what this podcast is about as far as the lifestyle, uh, for the most part, it the danger for me came from my own so-called brothers. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, okay. it, it really didn't come from the outside. It came from the inside. You know, I would have brothers that, you know, we got what they call 12. That's rules that, organ- that the organization has to live by, the literature that they pass out, what you have to learn, the laws and stuff like that. And a lot of those rules, a lot of the brothers don't want to go by. You know, um, let's see, like you have uh, no no gambling uh, on credit. You can gamble, but you can't gamble on credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, no robbing, no using drugs. Uh, we had one where, uh, and I'm not a homophobic or anything like that, but one of the rules was no homosexual activity. And the reason that that rule was in there is because most of the killings in the penitentiary are a result of uh, men messing with men and somebody getting jealous and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. See, people don't want to talk about that. We'll do that on another show, too. Uh, So that rule was put in there to try to head that off. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because a lot of people think gang members don't mess with other men in here. That's not true. I'm telling you now. Mm -hmm. So I never saw the reason for me to have to have an escort to and from the shower. You know what I mean? So, no, I never did that. I never did it. But I do understand why they do it. Uh, but it's something that could easily uh, be resolved if we, those of us in here, would say, you know, I'm not going to be living like that. If a person's going to take a shower, let them go take a shower. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's not like that in here. People are in here looking for the, especially if you, you know, you're playing the predator role. You're always looking for the advantage and the easiest opportunity to strike. And that's one of the it's one of the easiest opportunities, catching when they're going to the shower or getting out of the shower or while they're in the shower. You know, you hear the water turning, 
bum rushing because most of the time the doors don't lock. Uh-huh. And if they do lock, you could, you pull them hard enough and they'll come open. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So you can catch somebody in there, buck naked, not prepared or anything, and do whatever. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think it's necessary the, to have the shower security? I, well, I'm torn. Let me say it like that. I'm uh-huh. torn because I do see the I do see the rationale. I do understand what they're saying. But again, like I said, I also believe that it's something that uh, could be resolved without that. If if everybody in here, like at this facility that I'm in, right, it's pretty much very low violence, very low. You rarely see a fight here, which I am so grateful for. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But at the same time, uh, you have to always be aware. But I think that uh, I do understand the need at certain places, but I'm torn as to why grown men uh, can't sit down and decide, you know, that certain things are off limits. We're not going to attack each other, mm-hmm. you know, going to the shower. I understand obviously gangs and I understand people have disagreements and want to fight about it. And I get all of that, right? I don't agree with it, mm-hmm. but I do believe that, you know, there should be sometimes that things are off limits. And most people just don't. In here, they don't. They don't do that. They don't do that. And it's sad, you know. But like I say, here where I'm at, oh, I thank God for it, because it is such a. Uh, when it comes to violence, it's it's almost none. Oh. Almost none. Is the shower security only for uh, gang members or? Yeah, ninety-nine point nine percent of all of that. Now, I have seen individuals that are not gang members do it, but mm-hmm. they'll do that. Like, for example, if a, if a riot or something breaks out or whatever, and after we come off lockdown, the tension is high. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's oh. on edge. Don't nobody know what's going on. So those individuals that are not gang members, they'll try to look out for each other. You know what I'm saying? They don't mm-hmm. stand a chance, but they try. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But, yeah, they don't stand a chance, but they are, you know, you got to do what you got to do, you know. But, I have seen it, but for the most part, no, it's it's gang members. It's gang members doing it because that's where most of the trouble comes from. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they have their reasons. You know what I'm saying? And it's about security. Uh, But it shouldn't be it shouldn't be uh, situations like that if if uh, people would just sit down and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. What happens to a person that breaks shower security? Well, okay. Well, like I said, uh, if a person breaks, if a person breaks shower security, let, let me give you two, two uh, scenarios on that. Now, if, if you're a person that's not a part of the organization that's being escorted, and you break shower security by walking across, walking in front of them, or, mm-hmm. or walking through them, you know what I'm saying? Getting in that space that they say they occupy, mm-hmm. like they'll charge you. They'll charge you. You know, it's kind of like, like if you're driving your car and you run a red light, the police pulls you over and he gives you a ticket. You got to pay the ticket. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Yeah, they'll say, look here, man, you know what it is, man. I don't know why you walk across us like that. Uh, we need to get that. You know what I'm saying? They'll tell you whatever the amount of money is, the commissary, whatever the case may be. And you got to pay that. You know, and if you don't pay it, you, you got a choice, man. If you don't pay it, or they'll be to see you. They're going to get it one way or the other. You're going to get it out of your back. You know what I'm saying? They're mm-hmm. going to get it out of, out of your bag. It don't make no difference to them, but they use that. And a lot of times, 
they do that intentionally. They'll see people that are brand new into the pod that don't know, and they'll set them up like that, you know. They'll see them out and about walking around down in the pod, and it's like, okay, and look, we're going to run down here real quick, get on shower security right there. We're going to escort you to the shower, and we're going to go that way. And when we go that way, hopefully those dudes right there that are just coming into the penitentiary because they don't know, they'll hopefully they'll walk by us or through us not aware of what's really going on, then we'll tax them. You get in their pockets like that. They use that for extortion purposes too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then the other way that um, people, that a person could break the child security is like I said about the guy that I'm telling the story about. You can be on the child security detail and escorting somebody to the shower and leave. Leave that person unprotected, unguarded. And now you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And you can end up like the guy that I'm talking about in this story. You can end up getting beat up by your own brothers. Oh. And that's the other way that you can break shower security, you know? Okay. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty. The whole idea of shower security, the whole idea of it is to uh, put on a spectacle and, and spread that intimidation and fear throughout the pod and to the members of the organization, too. Make them believe that this is this is important because we're important. We deserve to be protected. You're going to protect us, and that's what it is. And now, now don't get it wrong. It's not just for the high-ranking members. Every member has an escort. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. To the shower. Every member has an escort to the shower. Now, like, don't forget. You know, like me, I refused. I was. I tell them, look, don't worry about that. Go sit down somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And after a while, you know, they knew Joe don't want no escorts, so they wouldn't even worry about coming out of the cells when I went to the shower. So they wouldn't even, they'd go ahead and keep playing their poker or, 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 or spades or whatever. Wouldn't even pay attention to me because, you know, I just didn't feel like I needed it. But mm-hmm. every member gets it. But depending on who you are and your status, you might have one person walking with you as opposed to four. You know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. higher ranking you are, the more, uh, the more important you are, the more people you have around you. You know what I'm saying? Why do you think gang members are so caught up in doing the shower security? Well, uh, let me see. How do I answer that? For the most part, I I think that uh, fear. Uh, Don't get it wrong. I'm not saying that they're afraid of, of, uh, of fighting or anything like it because most gang members like to fight. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think that they've created all gangs. They've created an environment that is so tense that they don't want to take a chance on being the one that uh, gets beat up or anything like that. It's that fear of that because once you are on the losing end of a gang fight, uh, whether you are whether it's an individual member or the whole organization. Uh, it's hard to get that leverage back that you have in the pod or have in the building or have on the compound. You don't want to be on the losing end because now people see you as like, wait a minute, he can't really fight. I don't really have a reason to be fearful of him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been running his mouth all this time. He ain't got no hands. He can't throw no hands. So, you know, I think a lot of it is that they want to use that and make it look as if that they're, they're bigger than what they is. I think they're scared. I think they're scared to let people see who they really are. That's what I believe about that. You know, I, I just think that most of it is fear from uh, 
they don't want to be the prey. That's what it is. They've created an, uh, an environment that's violent, and now they have to live with it, as opposed to saying, and why are we doing this? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is not even necessary. And then here's another thing. Let me point this out real quick. You can have rival games setting down, playing spades against each other, poker, basketball, whatever the case may be, getting along, laughing, everything's fine. But let somebody say one wrong word, and it changes everything. And now everybody's back against the wall, pocket knives everywhere. Everybody's ready to fight. Well. That is the problem that you have. Yeah, that's the problem that you have. So there are times when organizations, uh, different rival organizations, get along. Mm -hmm. It's just that um, they've created an environment to where, you know, if certain lines get crossed, it's time to get it. And I think that's one of the biggest problems in here. It, it, out there, too, you know, nobody wants to sit down and talk, take that high road. You know what I mean? But that's one of the biggest problems. But <clears throat> unless you have any more questions, I wanted to add something to the, to the episodes that we do um, when we get to the end of them. Mm -hmm. I wanted to add what I call like final thoughts. Okay. So, yeah, try to wrap them up a little bit. So I wanted to point out a few things in this week's final thoughts, <laughs> you know, the first one anyway, about this episode. Okay? Okay. In closing, I want to thank you for doing such a fine job as a co-host. I appreciate you taking the time to help me bring a message of change, hope, and redemption to our listeners. It is my sincere hope that everyone listening to this episode take the time to consider what it means to be a part of a lifestyle that believes it's okay to beat its members to the point of putting 60 staples in the head of one of them, all in the name of security. Mm -hmm. I submit that this isn't about security. This is about intimidation and fear. Continuing to devalue each other in the way that we do only leads to the dehumanization of oneself and others, opening the door for us to be capable of doing anything to anybody at any time. I just don't believe that's right. No human being has the right to put their hands on another human being in a violent way unless they are, unless they are truly threatened, not something perceived or made up, but truly threatened. You know, and any organization that relies on such tactics does so at its own peril and deservedly so. You know, so I want to thank you Everybody for listening, and always remember, love yourself. The best romance that you'll ever have here is the one that you have with yourself. In doing so, you will learn what it takes to love others and be blessed, you know. And thank you, Anais, for this doing this episode. And as I always say, if you like the episode, share it. And if you really like it, donate. We ain't turning down nothing, you know what I'm saying? And uh, be blessed and have a nice day, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for using GTL.